Welcome to the Next Level Podcast. You are about to hear an inspirational message from one of our youth services. It is our prayer that this message brings encouragement and a blessing to your life. To find out more about Next Level Youth, visit us on the web at palaceofpraise.com or on Instagram at Next Level Youth Group. Tonight, earlier this week, I was uh, thinking about twin night and who was going to be my twin. And to be honest with you, I got in a little bit of trouble when my wife figured out I was going to twin with my brother instead of her. But when I was, t- <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I was like, what, what are we going to twin like? And she's like, I was just like, it's too late, babe. And so I've been in trouble ever since, so pray for me. But me and my brother, he's like, well, what do you want to do? Like two years ago, we were the safety brothers. If anybody remembers that, that's who we were. But this night, we're the Bass Bros. And there's a reason that we are the Bass Bros. It's because that's literally who we are. My brother and I grew up fishing together, and we fished a lot together. We grew up in Brosley. I don't know if you know where that's at. It's, it's this way, about 20 minutes where things get flat, and all that it is is flatland, ditches, and fields. That's all that it is. And my brother and I grew up fishing those ditches together. And you're like, you fished in ditches together. Some of you guys are like, that's foreign. That's weird, that's strange. You might think it was, but the truth of the matter is that's what we did in the summertime. That's what we were, or that's what we were doing. And, and some of my best memories were down on that nasty, dirty, beautiful ditch catching fish with my brother. And we still fish together this day. We used to go like every day, even if it was 100 degrees outside. We were out there sweating our guts out, and, but we were still catching bass, at least Almost 100% of the time, 90% every time. More like 98% of the time every time. But anyway, we really fish well together. Now, when we were younger, not as well as we did today, but even then, my brother, when we fish, he's the quiet one, and I'm the one that doesn't shut up. And that's the way it is to this day. I'll be fishing. I'll be singing a song. Or I will be saying, uh, I, I, I've, got a, I've got all these different stupid things that I will say fishing and then he just kind of sits there and fishes and he's just got his eyes like just sunk in he focuses that way I focus by being ridiculous and also if he loses a big fish he can get over it a lot faster than I can if I lose a big fish I, 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 you may have heard you might already know this but I will literally begin to gag and almost throw up and my brother can attest to this as he has said before, if you're going to throw up, stick your head out of my boat. And that has really happened before. But anyway, <laughs> those are some of my greatest memories as a kid. And the truth of the matter is I'm, I'm pretty nostalgic about it. Anybody heard of the, ever heard of the word nostalgia? What a word, right? Have you ever been nostalgic about anything? Have any of you ever been nostalgic about anything? Maybe you're like, what is nostalgia? What are you talking about? I'll just go ahead and give you Mr. Oxford, the kind old man, Mr. Oxford. This is what he says nostalgia is. A sentimental longing or wistful, what a word, wistful, a yearning or longing of affection for the past. So you're longing for things, persons, situations of the past. You desire and you long for those things. You remember them. And you long to go back to them. You ever heard anybody say, I wish I could go back like an older person. I wish I could go back to college. Or I wish I could go back to high school. You ever heard that before? 
I've heard from some of you, as young as you are, that, man, I wish I could go back to kindergarten and get those naps. Anybody identify with that? Those midday, I can't identify, but I, I get what you're saying. I find myself saying, man, I wish I was 13 again, fishing on the ditch with my little brother. And the truth of the matter is, it's kind of weird talking about nostalgia with people that are as young as you, because it seems like it's older people who are the most nostalgic, more than younger people. But I do know, and I do see that this sermon might not apply to you right here, right now, as much as it might in two years, 10 years, 20 years, but my hope is, is that what we talk about tonight will stick with you. Maybe this is just for you older students more so than the younger. Maybe it's even for a few leaders in this room, but I do believe that the Lord wants to speak to you here tonight. The thing about nostalgia is that chances are what we do is we kind of romanticize the past. Another big word, but what I mean by that is when we think about the past, the thoughts we have about it, they're not always necessarily the most accurate. Sometimes we kind of blow things out of proportion, or when we think about them over the years, we kind of build up this memory and build it into some kind of story, some kind of memory that was really bigger and greater than the actual moment really was. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Like, if you were to talk to me right now, when I think about catching fish with my brother, I, I, what I think of is like, we always slayed them. But when I really start to think, we didn't always. Now, most of the time, we was catching them, right? We were slaying them, but not always. But when I get in my nostalgia, when I get in that frame of mind, all I think about is the good. I romanticize the past. Those days were great, bro. Those days were great, but we catch more bass now. <laughs> we get along better now. We got more baits now, praise God. We got better rods now. We get to fish out of a boat now, which was uh, not very normal when we were younger. And we get to fish rivers and lakes instead of ditches. I just want to let you know, the present in, is in fact better than the past, my friend. But the thing is, there is absolutely... I'm getting somewhere, just hold on. There's absolutely nothing wrong with thinking about having memories about the past. Even, you might say, getting a little nostalgic. It's not necessarily a sinful thing to do, but this is the thing. It can get that way. I want to talk about that a little bit tonight. But as followers in Christ, the past isn't where we live. The past isn't somewhere we reside. It's not what we focus on, and it is not what we chase after. Following Christ is a journey. It's a walk. It's not a prayer, a one-time prayer. It is a journey. It's a race. It's a walk. And it's a walk that requires our eyes to be pointed forward. We don't have to forget the past, but the past just isn't our focus. We are for, more focused on the future because if we are following Jesus, if you are following Jesus, this is a little bit of a spoiler, but that's okay. No matter what age you are, I believe this. If you are a follower in Jesus, no matter how old you are, no matter what your past is, I believe the best for you is yet to come. And maybe you've heard that phrase before. Maybe... 
That, that phrase, especially in church, gets thrown around a lot. It's on church t-shirts and everything else. But it's there because it's true. If we were followers in Jesus, the past isn't the best. In fact, the best is yet to come. And that's what I want to talk to you about tonight. I'm going to be honest with you. I really am going to have to put my head down, and I'm going to have to dig into this, and I'm not going to be able to get out there and, and, and like grab you in the, and slap you on the face or anything and wake you up. I'm going to have to stick here. I'm going to have to get my head down and go through this. We might go a little bit over, but that'll be okay. We're going to go to Luke 9, 56 through 62. I'm going to read it fast, okay? Luke 9, 56 through 62. And they went on to another village, talking about Jesus and his disciples. As they were going along the road, say along the road, Someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. To another, he said, follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go bury my father. Jesus said to him, leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Yet another said, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at my home. Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back, say looks back, looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. We read in verse 56 of that chapter that they're heading to another village, they're leaving a village, and they're heading to another village. Verse 57 says, as they went along the road. This is on purpose. This is here for a reason. Every word in the Bible is put there with purpose. Jesus and his disciples were literally going on a road. That was literally happening. But there was also, I believe, something symbolically going on. And it has to do with this passage of Scripture. Think about it symbolically. Jesus and his disciples were headed to the next village. They were continuing their mission. They were looking ahead at the road, the village that was ahead of them. They left what was behind them, and they were headed on to what was ahead of them to continue their mission. But as they walked, as they went down the road, Jesus had people following him. And on the way, in this passage, we see Jesus has a conversation with three different people. We're going to focus on the third one tonight, but three different people. The first one, someone says to Jesus as they see him walking along, they say, Jesus, I want to follow you. But Jesus' response to him was, guess what? I don't know where I'm going to sleep tonight. I got no idea. You want to follow me? Following me isn't easy. Following me isn't comfortable. And then Jesus keeps walking. He comes across another person, and Jesus is the one who this person number two will call him, because we don't know their name. Jesus says to this other person, follow me. He's the one engaging him. But their response to Jesus was this. They said, not right now. I'm not going to follow you right now. I'm not going to obey your immediate command to follow me. Instead, person two gives Jesus an, an excuse. 
you really shouldn't be talking right now. Person three, which is our focus, this is what it says. Jesus isn't the one to engage. Person three engaged Jesus. He said, I will follow you, but, I will follow you, but, I've got to go back home and take care of things. Jesus tells this person in verse 62, don't go back home. They're going to convince you not to obey me, not to follow me. Jesus tells them instead in verse 62, leave the past behind. I'm calling you forward. I'm calling you to follow me. Forget what's behind you. If you don't forget what's behind you, you're going to go off course. You are off course if you turn around and go home. You're going the wrong way. You're meant to follow me. You can't turn back when you start to follow me. That's not how the kingdom works. Then we see in Philippians 3. Philippians 3, Paul is writing to the church in Philippi. And these two passages tonight, they go hand in hand. And Paul is writing to them about his own journey that he's going on. And the heading of this passage, if you were to find it in your Bible, at the top of it, it says, straining towards the goal. Straining toward the goal. We're going to read two verses from it. Philippians 3. Philippians 3, 13 and 14. Are you with me? Three of you. Okay. That's enough with me, for me. Philippians 3, 13 and 14. This is what it says. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made of my own. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind. I forget what lies behind and strain forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upper call of God in Christ Jesus. Paul says, I'm forgetting what lies behind me. And he says forgetting. He doesn't just say, I forgot. Paul says, I'm forgetting. What does that mean? He didn't just forget the past when he decided to follow Jesus. Paul is continually forgetting the past. Continually. I'm forgetting the past. I'm straining forward. I'm straining towards the goal, the upward call of Jesus Christ, the mission, the call, the purpose on my life. I'm chasing that. I'm not worried about what's behind me. I'm not worried about the past. Why is Paul and why is Jesus telling us to forget the past? What are they trying to tell us? Is it really that literal? Well, is Jesus and Paul saying we literally need to completely forget our past? No. No. That's not what they're telling us. Jesus doesn't expect us to be able to have the ability to forget what happened in the past. It's not possible. If you can do that, bravo. Bravo. To, I clap my hand to you. But I believe unless you have some kind of memory disability, there's no way to forget. Luke 9, Jesus says about the past. Don't look. Philippians 3, Paul says, forget. Jesus and Paul are saying, pay no attention, meaning refuse to be concerned or get caught up in what lies behind you. Refuse to get caught up and concerned with it. Instead, set your attention forward. Press on to the call of Christ, 
the mission that Christ is placed on your life. Press on until your mission here on earth, your life here on earth is done. Now, a lot of Bible tonight. I don't apologize for that, but a lot of Bible tonight. Before we dive deeper, we're going to pull four things out. But before we do that, we've got to pull out one more scripture that goes with the first two. Okay? In Luke 17, 30 through 32, this is, this is what Jesus says. All right? Jesus in this Luke 17 conveying the same message that's found in Luke 9. So it will be on the day when the Son of Man is re- revealed, when I come back. On that day... Let the one who is on the housetop with the goods in the house not come down to take them away. And likewise, let the one who is in the field not turn back. Remember Lot's wife. Remember Lot's wife. Say Lot's wife. Not lots of wives. Lot's wife. Singular, one wife. Lot is a dude. All right, one guy. Not a lot of guys. Okay? Why did Jesus mention Lot's wife? Well, we got to go back we got to go back to Genesis to figure that out. Genesis 19, and we'll get there in a second, but let me set the scene. Say, set the scene. Okay, I will. All right. Genesis 18, God speaking to Abraham. All right? Go back and read Genesis if you want to know who Abraham is. All right? I've talked about him before. Don't have time to dive into him tonight, but... God's speaking to a man named Abraham, a man he called out. And he said, I am going to bring judgment. Now, I'm making this a short story version. All right, this is the book report. I'm going to bring judgment on the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. And Abraham pleads with God, God, please don't do that. If you find 50 righteous people, and he couldn't find 50. And he got all the way down to 10. God says, I don't see 10 righteous people. There are not 10 righteous people in Sodom and Gomorrah. I'm going to destroy it. I'm going to bring fire on it. Genesis 19. Lot is Abraham's nephew. Okay? He's Abraham's nephew. This is what happens. In Genesis 19, Lot has angels come to his house and tell him, leave the city. This is what it says. Genesis 19, 15. Then we're going to read 17 and 24 through 26. He who has ears, let him hear. As morning has dawned, the angels urged Lot, saying, Up, take up your wife and your two daughters who are here, lest you be swept away in the punishment of the city. Skip into verse 17. As they brought them out, one said, Escape for your life. Do not look back or stop anywhere in the valley. Escape to the hills, lest you be swept away, lest you be killed. Verse 24, then the Lord rained on Sodom and Gomorrah sulfur and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew those cities and the valley and all the inhabitants of the cities and what grew on the ground. But Lot's wife behind him looked back and she became a pillar of salt. In verse 17, the angels say, Hey, don't look back. Don't look back. Verse 26. Lot's wife looks back. Gets turned into a pillar of salt. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know exactly what that is. Some commentaries tell you 
People that study the Bible, they say what they did was they took Lot's wife and they seasoned, uh, used her as seasoning on their steaks that night. It's in the Greek or the Hebrew. That was a joke. Calm down. Anyway, I, I imagine that she turned into like rock salt, like rock candy. I don't really know. But do you see the common thread? Do you see the theme? I sure hope you see the theme. Leave what's lost behind. Quit focusing your attention on what's happened in the past. Look forward. Press on. Dwelling on your past will destroy you. Somebody needs to hear that again. Dwelling on your past will destroy you. Might even destroy you with sulfur and fire. I don't know. It's in the Bible. All right. I hope you understand why we're going to talk about the how now. How? How do I not focus, set my attention on, get caught up, get lost in the past? It may be easy for some of you. It may be hard for some of you. And for some of you, this might get hard in the future. So how, how can I do that? I'm going to tell you in one sentence. Are you ready for it? Are you on the edge of the seat? Are you ready to hear how? This is how. One sentence. You need to treat your past like Sodom and Gomorrah. Treat your past like Sodom and Gomorrah. I'm going to tell you four ways you can do that. And I'm going to be as fast as I can. Four ways you can do that. I know I've been fasting tonight. If you're like, I'm trying to take notes. Or if you don't take notes, you can go and listen to our sermon on Spotify every Friday morning. It comes out. Four ways. Number one. Understand that the past happened, but it's over. Understand that the past happened, but it's over. There was no going back to Sodom and Gomorrah. It was over. There was nothing to go back to. No memories you could go. You couldn't go in the town square and jump around and eat corn dogs like you used to. Couldn't happen. There was nothing you could change about the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. Their story had been written. It was destroyed. It was gone. Just like your past. Your past is over. Don't be like Lot's wife. Don't look back. Don't desire to go back to what already has happened. Don't try to go back to what God says is over. Don't try to go back to what God says is over. Maybe you're one of those nostalgic people. Any nostalgic people in here? My generation, millennials, are some of the most nostalgic people on the planet. It's science. Let me, know, let me let you know something. You can't relive the good old days. You can't take kindergarten naps every day if you got a job. You can't go back to the day when you didn't pay for your gasoline or your bills or your car insurance. Man, for people my age or older, maybe you can't go back to the day when it didn't hurt to get out of bed I can't go back to the day when I could go fishing anytime I almost wanted to, but that is the way that life is meant to be. You are meant to move on. I'm 30. 
Just turned 30. I'm embracing it. I've decided I'm going to love it. I'm busy. I'm a dad. I do a lot of things. I can't fish like I used to, but I love it and I wouldn't go back for anything. Those days are over. 29's gone. 30's here. For some of you, 12's gone. 13's here. Kindergarten's over. You're a senior. Maybe you're not nostalgic at all. Maybe when you think of the past, what you think of is pain, hurt, whether that be physical, be quiet, I've had enough. Whether that be physical or emotional, whether, whatever it may be, maybe you've done a lot of things wrong and you know it. This is going to sound a little bit morbid, a little bit messed up. But remember, how do you do this? How? You treat your past like Sodom and Gomorrah. Sodom and Gomorrah was wiped out. God judged it, and He purified it with fire. That's what He did to Sodom and Gomorrah. If you are in Christ, if you haven't listened at all, listen now. If you are in Christ, Christ can and will heal your wounds, heal your hurt from the past. He will wash your sins and your regrets clean because Jesus Christ was judged by God. He took your judgment. He was condemned for you. The judgment of God because of our sin was placed on the Son of God, Jesus Christ. And He died so you could be washed clean. And so your past didn't have to matter anymore. Jesus says, your past is over. Your sin is done. It has been paid in full. You don't have to take the judgment for your past. Jesus says, I want to heal you. I want to heal your spirit. I want to heal your soul. I want to heal your mind. I want to heal your heart. Jesus can do that. And will do that for all of those who are in Him. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If anyone is in Christ, He is new creation. The old has passed away. It's dead. It doesn't matter. The new has come. Because... For our sake, verse 21, He made Him who knew no sin to be sin so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. Because of Jesus, our past doesn't define us. It can't run around and chase after us. Our past does not have to follow us or define us. The blood of Jesus has washed us clean and it will continue to wash us clean because of the blood of Jesus as the wise John Foreman once said, every single breath we take is a second chance because of Jesus. Way number two, and I've got to be fast. Say, you need to hurry up. Don't ever say that again. Number two, your past wasn't better than where you are now. Your past isn't better than where you are now. Go read about Sodom and Gomorrah. Terrible place. Horrible. Now, did Lot and his family, his two daughters and his wife, did they probably have good memories 
from living in Sodom and Gomorrah? Yeah, probably so. Were there a lot of bad memories? Yeah, probably so. It was a terrible place. The past was over. Sodom and Gomorrah was over. The best place for them to be was the heck out of Sodom and Gomorrah. Where they were when sulfur and fire rained down was the best place for them. But Lot's wife was tricked. She was deceived. It seems like she didn't believe that was true. That's why she looked back. She couldn't help but look back. She couldn't help but think about what she left behind. Because see, they had, they had land. They had animals. They were very wealthy. They had a good life in a sense as far as Wealth goes in Sodom and Gomorrah. There was a lot of memories. Their home was still there. They had to get up and leave. Angels came that night. They left. They had to get out of town the next morning. Lot's wife was deceived and said, where I am now isn't good enough. I wish I could go back. And it destroyed her. And I know that's a pretty dramatic example, but I believe in the spirit it is real. Spiritually, it is a real thing. Where you are now is better than where you once were. Your present is better than your past. But the enemy is smart. The devil is smart. He knows how to work on us. He knows how to speak to us. And the devil wants to romanticize your past. He wants to let you, and I'm getting somewhere, hold on. He wants to give you a false narrative. He wants to convince you and remind you how great your past was, your past life of sin. He wants to remind you how great it was, how freeing it was to be able to do whatever you wanted when you wanted, how freeing it was to be able to sin whenever you so chose, how great it felt when you're able to do what you wanted to do. The enemy wants to deceive us, people who are in Christ, and let us remember who we used to be. Remember our sin life and say, man, that sure felt good. That sure was nice. That's what he wants to do. But I want to encourage you. Chances are you've heard that before. Chances are the enemy has told you that before. Especially if you have a, a porn addiction or a, some kind of substance addiction. Stop giving the enemy a seat at your table. Whether you realize that or not, some of you are sitting down and having a conversation with the enemy and you're letting him tell you all these things and you're sitting there and you're buying everything he's saying and you're shaking your head. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Get the enemy out of your table. Get him out of your head. Say be gone. The present, the, the, the present is better than the past. The life of sin was not better. The past was not better. Moving on. Maybe it's not things that are necessarily sinful that the devil wants you to get caught up in. Maybe it's the good things. And I'll be specific. Maybe it's those moves of God that you felt before. Maybe he wants you to get fixated and focused. Man, if I could just go back. If I could just go back to camp. If I got to just go back to retreat, man, I, what I felt at retreat, what I experienced, that was so great. If I could just go back there. If I could just go back to kids' church. If I could just go back to junior kids' church. Whatever it may be. The devil wants to convince you that what God did for you in the past, how you felt him in the past, was better than the present. 
than anything you could experience in the present. Because, you know, you just can't experience God in, on a Wednesday night like you can at retreat. You know how ridiculous that is? Do you not understand that God is omnipresent? That if you're in Jesus Christ, you get to run right into the presence of God. That the presence of God moves because He's already here. We engage who is already here. The Spirit of God lives within us. I don't have to muster Him up, conjure Him up, beg Him to move, beg to feel Him. I could worship Him right here, right now, and experience Him right here, right now. I don't have to go back. I don't have to think about the past. I can focus on the present because God wants to do a new thing right here, right now. But some of y'all get so fixated on the past. If I talk to you about Jesus, you just want, you want to talk about, well, you know, God told me this at retreat, or God told me this at church camp. Who cares? That was great. Those things are important. Those things need to stick with you. <clears throat> but when's the last time? When's the last time God talked to you? When's the last time you embraced the present? You embraced the now and said, God, whatever you want today. I embrace it. I got to move on. Say, you need to move on. Don't say that again. Almost done. Maybe. Number three, hold on to your memories, but don't let them hold on to you. Hold on to your memories, but don't let them hold on to you. It's okay to hold on to fun, great past memories. It's okay, it's okay to let past mistakes help shape your future and your present. That's the way it should be. But it's not okay to spend a bunch of your time, money, and resources chasing a past feeling, chasing a past memory. That's why you see a lot of old men collecting toys and ridiculous things. Chasing a past feeling, chasing a past memory. Some people spend all their life chasing the past. It's not okay to believe that your past mistakes define your present and your future. Number four, I told you I was going to hurry. Number four, your past isn't better than where you're headed. The best is yet to come. Your past isn't better than where you're headed. The best is yet to come. For Abraham and Lot's families who had it pretty good, the best was yet to come. And I want to take this moment, and I promise I'm almost done, I promise you, to talk to you people who just graduated. I believe there are four of you here tonight. I want to talk to you for a second, okay? Or even you seniors who are, are, are about to be seniors. I just want you to understand. On August 4th, it's a sad day for me. We're going to send people off. And for you people who are going to be seniors next year around the same time, we're going to do the same thing. But on August 4th, and next year around the same time, I'm going to say the same thing that I say every year. And this is what I'm going to say. Your time in Next Level Youth was great. I hope you had great memories. Maybe not everybody will say that. But I hope you had great memories. I hope you enjoyed yourself. But it's over now. You have bigger and better things for you in your future. It's time to leave this behind the best for you is yet to come.